Welcome to the Mastering Midlife Podcast, where we talk about all the crazy fun things that happen when you are a midlife mama. I'm your host, Heather London. Let's dig in. Hey, and welcome to episode 36. Today, I have an amazing guest, Brooke Robichaud. Brooke is the creative force behind the Sober Biz Collective. Her mission to help fellow sober entrepreneurs not only launch their dream businesses, but also fall in love with the journey. She's proof that there is life after addiction. Through her platform, Sober Wife Style, I love that name, Brooke shares her experiences of personal growth, recovery, and healing. Her stories and advice will make you believe that you can overcome anything and achieve your goals while staying true to yourself. Brooke is also the author of Not Today, Fear. It's not just a book. It's a beacon of hope and a practical guide to help you conquer your fears and live your best life. Her words will lift you up, inspire you, and show you that you have the power to create a brighter, happier, and more purposeful future. Brooke's journey is a testament to the strength of the human spirit, and her story is a reminder that no matter what life throws at you, you can rise, thrive, and shine. Hi, Heather. I'm so excited to get to sit down and chat with you today and collaborate. Um, do you want to just start by talking about how we connected? And Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a great story because we went to um, a fun little networking event and happened yeah. to sit next to each other. And then we just connected, didn't we? It was like we had the best conversations. And I thought, oh, I got to meet up with this girl again. So, um, yeah. and then of course, like this is the perfect way. We have a lot to talk about. We got a lot <laughs> to share with these ladies. And so I thought what better way than a collab? Oh, I was so excited when you reached out. What uh, I've been following you on Instagram and you share a lot of like food inspiration and like healthy nutrition for women specifically. And I found so much value in that, especially as a business owner, because I find like, I don't take the time to take care of myself when I'm like wrapped up in my business and my family, like I'm a mom as well. And I find when I am taking care of myself, sometimes my business suffers. So trying to find that balance between things is really hard. And what you're sharing is just so inspirational and helps me find like easy meals and things I can do. So I don't have to think about it, you know, cause that's the big problem is trying to sit down and figure out what am I going to eat today? What am I going to feed my family? How am I going to like, you know, incorporate healthy food? So I'd love um, to hear more about how you got into what you're doing and and why you're so passionate about sharing health and nutrition. Oh, well, thanks for saying that. First of all, when you think about if we eat, the average person eat three meals a day and you do that for your whole entire life and you feed uh, three other people, that's a lot of meals. So wouldn't it make sense that you're going to kind of streamline that and make it as efficient and easy as possible? Because there isn't a woman alive that um, loves cooking after doing it for 15 years and just like, I can't wait to try to decide what I'm going to feed my family tonight. Right. It's so insane. And I'm a super lazy cook. I hate cooking, but I love eating and I love nourishing my body with food. So I make it as simple as possible. So I try to make it fun, but make it something absolutely delicious. So you can eat clean mm -hmm. foods and make it fun. And so that's just what I started sharing. So I'm like, we got to make this easy for all the people that are struggling out there because there's nothing more important than nourishing your body when it comes to health and wellness, nothing. That's like the number one thing. And like I said, we have so many meals throughout our life that we want to just 
make it as easy as possible. And you know what I love about um, your Instagram and all of those, you are sharing your story and you're being so honest and vulnerable and it's very relatable. And I love that you are being brave to show what, what life is really like and how you can overcome and how it can be great and to encourage others to do the same. So I love watching your stuff. Oh, thank you. That's what we really bonded over. Cause when I first met you, I was pretty new into a food addiction journey where I had just started sharing about and opening up about like, really, um, I've been sober for over seven years now, but I picked up food through depression to try and regulate my nervous system, my emotions. Like I, I just, it became a problem for me where I was like eating six muffins before I got home to my family because I was afraid they were going to take some of my muffins, you know, like it was a mental Don't take my muffins. <laughs> it was terrifying. And, and I had previously gone on a huge health and wellness journey. I'd lost 80 pounds. I was like my goal weight. I got oh, married so at like my goal weight. I felt really good about it. I was a whole food vegan. And then like I got postpartum depression. I started eating um, I went through grief, we went through the pandemic and I just gained all the weight back and just felt so trapped in that cycle of addiction again. And mm. I felt like I had no tools to get out of it. So I was just on that new health and wellness journey. I'd gotten rid of sugar and gluten and then we, we connected and I just, you know, your passion for health and wellness was just so refreshing. <laughs> so nice to, to talk to somebody who, you know, was just really understood how important that is, right? Not just for um, my physical health, but for my mental health, mm. making those choices to eat healthy and, and that. And, you know, in the end, that's going to affect everything. My ability to parent, my ability to work, my ability to love my husband. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? Yes. It really affects everything. Yeah. A hundred percent. And when we talk about addiction, like there are so many addictions and in today's world, it is hard to navigate it because everything is designed for you to become addicted to it. Mm -hmm. The the big corporations that make our food and everything have designed them so that they totally stimulate our dopamine overload all the time. And that's where all these addictions come from. And addictions, no matter what kind of addiction it is, is a really tenacious habit. So when we look at it from that, we can start with what's the habit and try to break it down from there. Because addiction is big and addiction is hard and heavy. And, but when we are like, okay, what's the habit and what's the gift in it? Cause addiction always has a gift. Yes. So a lot of the times when we're trying to heal from an, an addiction, we're thinking, oh, you're, you're, you know, just compensating for something, but we want to know like, who are you when you're doing that? Why is it that you want to do that? What desire is coming out in you that is causing you to do that? And to be seen and heard from that place is how you can really understand the gift and the wisdom in the addiction. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. That's a hard, it's a hard thing to think, to sit with, right? Because we think of addiction as a bad thing, but it's got to give you benefits or you're not going to be doing it, right? Yeah. There's a deep yeah. desire that a part of yourself that isn't being seen. And this is how it's expressing ourselves. So instead of being like, stop doing it, it's like, get into the curiosity. Like if it's an, it's an eating addiction, the chocolate addiction, it's like, I would ask you like, who are you when you're eating that chocolate bar? What does it feel like when you're eating that chocolate bar? 
what is coming up for you? And that's how you really understand what's going on. Because as the average human, we don't check in like that. We don't ask ourselves these questions. We do a lot of shaming, right? This is unshaming work. And mm-hmm. the shaming work is I'm a horrible person because I have this addiction. Oh my gosh. That is so true. Um, with someone that is stuck in that, in those habits, those habits that aren't serving them anymore, they want to change, whether it's food or, or whatever it is. Um, what are some tips that you have or that you've done that help you start creating this healthy lifestyle for, for yourself and start doing that self-care work that you need to do? Cause it's so hard to fit in and I have ADHD, so things have to be a habit or they're not going to get done unless they give me dopamine. So Yes. Yeah. And that's a great question. And I think for me, the first thing is awareness. So patterns and cycles and habits are this, they're a vicious circle. And as soon as we have an awareness, there's a small break in that circle It's the minuscule break, but we have an awareness of something that's going on that we don't like, or we want to change. And as soon as we have that awareness, we can create the space that looks like this to do the work on it now. So having awareness is the first step in making any kind of change. What are your thoughts? I, that's a hundred percent true for me. I know awareness changed my life because we can't fix what we don't know. Right. Yes. And also I find that the one downside of awareness is then, you know, when you're acting shitty or <laughs> you're doing something that's not serving you. Um, it's cool because I still can do those things sometimes, but it doesn't feel good to me anymore. And I'm aware of it now. So it becomes a thing that I need to change because I don't want to keep sitting in these feelings. Right. So there's more motivation to actually change it. Um, getting out of denial can be a really tough thing to do. And I think like really surrounding yourself with people who have the life that you want who are showing up the way you want to show up in the world and just paying attention to what they're doing, how they're acting, asking for advice, saying, what what do you see in me that I might not be seeing for myself? Because we don't know what we don't know. And it's really, really hard sometimes when we're stuck in that denial to see outside ourselves, to see the forest through the trees, right? Mm. Um, so getting some outside help, some outside perspective can be really valuable. I know for me, I... Uh, did a food addiction program that helped me become aware of what food addiction really is and how basically any plant that you grind up into a little white powder is going to be addictive. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, for me. And so like knowing that, understanding that really helped me make the change, really helped me have those conversations with myself when I was going to go pick up something that was sugary and just to make myself feel better. Like, what is this really doing for me? Cause my joints are going to hurt afterwards. My brain's going to be foggy afterwards. I'm going to have anxiety. Like that's the reality, right? So being able to notice that and start living more intentionally and less, you know, on autopilot was a huge mm. first step for me. Yeah. And it, the awareness is part of your emotions, because mm-hmm. we're like you just said, Brooke, is like you're eating something because you're feeling a certain way and you don't like feeling that way. And the way to stop feeling that way is to feel a different way by eating a food or taking a drug or drinking a drink or all the things like there's just so shopping, mm-hmm. exercising, like there's a bazillion addictions and we all have them. So make no mistake, we're all addicted to something or many things. But it's not understanding that it's the emotion that you're trying to avoid. So if you can name that emotion and you can feel the emotion, 
yes, you might feel sadness and it might feel horrible, but sadness is there for a reason. And if you can sit with it and allow it and make friends with it and be curious about it, then you don't need to go eat the food just to avoid that feeling because that's the only reason why you're doing it. And so as soon as you can get intimate with your emotions, you're going to make a huge difference in addictive eating just to like emotional eating. That's what we call it, right? So you're opening the fridge door. What you're looking for is not in the fridge. Oh my gosh. So I, this just reminded me of something I learned that literally it blew my mind was we're not supposed to eat our feelings. We're not supposed to drink our feelings. We're not supposed to think our feelings. Even we're supposed to feel our feelings. Yes. What a concept. Yeah. I remember, uh, when I first went on like a health and wellness journey and I was on a very strict eating plan. I went to a Bernstein clinic. I'd check in every day. We'd do like a food plan and everything. It was kind of like a detox, but for food addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had quit smoking as well. And I, and I got up because I was feeling like restless, irritable discontent. I got up to go to the fridge. I was like, Oh, I'm not eating right now. Okay. And so I go to the back door and I'm like, Oh, I'm not smoking right now. And then I'm just sitting with this weird feeling. I felt like I malfunctioned. <laughs> it's like, what yeah. do I do with my hands and my face? <laughs> like, yeah, this feels so it- uncomfortable. But- I love how you're just like, I'm going to quit everything all at once, <laughs> right? Like if I'm going to feel horrible, I'm going to do it all at once. <laughs> you might as well. Honestly, I think it was the best choice. It was easier yeah. now that I have a lot of things behind me, like the drinking and everything mm-hmm. um, while behind me, I found it harder to implement quitting the emotional eating because it was like my last tool, right? Other yes. than actual things that will help me heal. Yeah. Um, and like you said, though, the your emotions are the language of your body. Mm. And then your thoughts are the language of your brain. And your brain is going to lie to you all the time. Your brain is a jerk and it's going to lie to you because it's just trying to keep you alive. Right. But the body can never lie. So you know how you have the feeling in the pit of your stomach? That's your body telling you, whoa, you're off track. You know how mm-hmm. you feel warm fuzzies. That's your body telling you, Hey, this is in alignment with who you are as a human being. And we've never been taught as kids to know what those physical body senses are so that we can listen to it and follow along and follow the wisdom of what our body is telling us. That just gave me like an aha moment. Can you say that again? What was your, so your feelings are the language of the body. And your thoughts are the language of your brain. Oh, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. I think one of my biggest problems is being afraid to be within my body, like just sit Mm -hmm. with my body, with my feelings. Yes. Um, Yeah. I've been looking into things like somatic therapy and stuff to try and get me connected. Cause the first thing I do when I feel uncomfortable is I don't pick up a drink. I don't pick up sugar. I don't pick up a cigarette anymore. I go into my head. Yeah. And I start daydreaming and I start thinking and planning and worrying and getting anxious, like all of these things, because I just don't want to sit with the discomfort in my body. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And most people are like that, but they don't know what an actual feeling feels like in their body. So what I do is I do the somatic work and we go into it and we get curious about it. You're like, if you were to describe it, like you were a five-year-old child, just out of curiosity, how would you describe it? And people like yourself who aren't used to it, you'll just keep exiting and you'll be thinking and I can see they're thinking. I think it's like, no, Mm. what does it feel like? And then they'll start to, they'll be like, I don't know if this makes sense. And then I know they're in their body because it doesn't make sense because it's not supposed to make logical sense. It's like, 
it feels orange and it moves like this and it sounds like this, then you're connected into the body. But it, like you said, you don't know what you don't know. If you've never been taught that before, then how could you ever possibly know that for you? It's safe to exit. That's your safety strategy exit so that you don't feel those horrible feelings. Yeah. But in fact, if you can make friends with them and learn, cause they're there for a reason and life is hard. Sometimes it's not all great. And so it's what you do when it's hard. That makes all the difference. You can be sad and it's okay. You can be angry and it's okay. You can mm -hmm. be frustrated. You can be, you know, hurt. And it, those are okay feelings to have. Mm. That's so funny. As while well, you're talking, I was thinking about the times I was in therapy and they're asking me those questions. Like, how does this feel in your body? Where are you feeling it in your body? And the first thing I do is how do I answer this? Right. What's the yeah, right what's, answer? What are they yes. looking for? <laughs> like, yes. Know? It's yeah. like, how about what's true? <laughs> yeah. What a concept. Yeah. And that's oh, like I a new that. skill that you're learning. It's yeah. like when you learn to walk, it's the same thing. So you're going to suck at it for a while and you're going to keep exiting your body. But if you keep bringing yourself back and allowing yourself and creating that safe space. And then next thing, you know, like I always tell people, what's the feeling that you feel the most and get intimate with that, know it inside and out because you're going to feel it all the time. Then you can mm. be like, Oh, frustration. There you are. My old friend. I see you. I feel you. I have respect. I have room for you. And I can still go about my day feeling frustrated. Oh my gosh. That yeah. is so good. I'm like, I am, I feel like I'm having a transformation moment here just talking to you. So this is amazing. Um, oh, I you, love it. Can you share some um, tools for creating like easy, healthy meals that can help support you throughout the day? Because I think that's probably the number one thing I struggle with is I got to make it easy easier than doing the thing that's not going to be beneficial to me. Like I have to set myself yeah. up for success. And so yeah. for me, normally that means first thing in the morning when I have the most spoons or I have the most energy in my day, um, I do things like meal plan or whatever. So that when I mm -hmm. am not my best, when I'm depleted and feel, you know, low energy, tired, whatever it is at the end of the day, I'm not reaching for a bag of popcorn instead of like a nutritious meal. So is there any tips mm. for like creating some really easy, nutritious meals that we can just grab and go when we're oh, feeling girl, like, yes. <laughs> I got all the tips because I'm you. All the women are you. Like you, we are all the same. We're tired, we're hungry, and we just want to eat food, but we don't want to cook and clean, yeah. right? So the you, you kind of touched on it there is like you want to know ahead of time what you're going to be eating. You want to prep your food as much as possible. Like- you want to eat whole clean foods and make as many ready to go as possible. So when five o'clock rolls around, you literally open your fridge, put your food on the plate and heat it up. Mm. I call it heat it and eat it. That's what I like to do. Heat so, it and eat it. I love heat that. Heat it and eat it. <laughs> For like lazy people like me. I'm so lazy when it comes to that and I'm okay with it. Like I embrace my laziness and be like, how can I have my own back? And, oh, I love that. And eat clean, healthy foods while being lazy, not wanting to cook. And it's not really being lazy. It's just I don't enjoy cooking. I enjoy other things. But that doesn't make me necessarily a lazy person. It's just not, you know, I'm not having a love affair with cooking food. So what you do want to remember is you want to stick to whole clean foods. So you want to have your starches. And I know people are gasping, thinking, oh, what starches? Yes, because there's something called calorie density. Now, mm -hmm. I, if you only remember one thing, remember this, never count your calories because you'll fail because that's restrictive, but mm. 
know what types of food have higher calories and what types of food have lower calories. So if you stick to the lower calorie foods, which are, guess what? They're your vegetables and your fruits. The vegetables are the lowest calorie foods on the planet and you can never overeat them because they would fill up your stomach before you could overeat them. Mm -hmm. Notice how you could like after a meal have cake, but you couldn't have like more broccoli after a meal or something like that, right? Because it's filling up your body with fiber. That's mm -hmm. the bulk, the fiber and the water and the nutrients. So you want to have fruits and vegetables as much as you want pre and then next you want to have starches. Now, a lot of people are anti-carbs and I'm pro-carbs and here's why, because the starches fill you up. So if you're just surviving on a salad, you're going to be hungry five minutes later. But if you have potatoes or rice, I like those too, um, mm. because I'll overeat pasta and pasta is processed and oats, oats are a wonderful starch as well. If you have a 50-50 plate, half of it is starches and half is vegetables. Now you're getting all the nutrients you need. You're filling up your belly so you feel full, like you get the cues of fullness because we got to learn how to listen to our body. And you have an abundance. Like if you watch my videos, you'll see I eat a ton of food. And people are like, how is she going to eat all of that? And I do because it's super low calories. So I never restrict. So in my brain, as soon as I say, Brooke, you can't eat this, what do you think? You're what, like, what do you think right away? You think, who are you to tell me I'm going to go eat it just because you said I can't, right? Yeah. Just like when you tell a small child not to do something. So those are the best tips are, yes, have your starches because they, they keep you satisfied so that you're not hungry five minutes later. When I have teenage boys that I have to fill up potatoes and rice, like that's a huge plate of that and then load it up with veggies and, you, and you're good to go. And you can pre-cook everything, yeah. every single thing. So yeah. that's my hot tip on that. Oh, I love it. What are your thoughts on like chickpea pasta? Is that... Yeah, you you can have it. But remember okay. too, when you said at the beginning, anything you like crush up into a white powder. And so, yeah, chickpea is better than a white flour, but it's still a flour form, which means oh, okay. your body processes it quickly and and boosts your insulin. Now, in when you have high insulin, that means your body is, is telling it to store fat. Okay. High insulin is like, hey, store fat, store fat, store fat, right? So we want to keep our insulin low. And when people say, okay, I'm having fruit, fruit is high in fructose. Yes. But the fructose is the sugar, but the antidote to the sugar is the fiber. Mm -hmm. So nature in its genius has put the two together. So you can't overeat fruit because you have the fiber. So it doesn't spike your insulin. It's like this, it makes your insulin level. So it's not store fat, store fat, store fat, right? That's <sighs> this. So anything floury and sugary, those ones mm -hmm. will spike your insulin. Anything fatty like oils and that are on the high end of the calories. So if you take a tablespoon of oil, it's 40 times more calorie dense than vegetables. Mm -hmm. So what's going to fill you up? The vegetables, right? right. Like, so nuts aren't bad for you. They're just higher in calories. Just so you know that you can have yeah. five nuts, but you can't have a handful or a bowl full or a bag full or a whole container full. It's like having just, you know, limited amount of those things, but abundance of these things that are lower on the calorie density scale. Okay. I love us so much. I am a fan of chickpea pasta. So that was a little heartbreaking, but 
<laughs> no, but you can do it. You know what? Here's why. I don't want to break your heart, but okay. I want you to know that if you have your chickpea pasta and half of your plate is chickpea pasta and then load it up with a ton of vegetables, then you go for it because you're not going to eat overeat the chickpea pasta. Yeah. You just won't because veggies are your go-to. So that's what you want to fill up on are the veggies and then enjoy the chickpea pasta. Yes, of course. Like enjoy it. I try to stay away from pasta because I'll overeat it. It's just easy. I can't overeat potatoes and I love them and I can't overeat rice. Like I just love those ones so much. So yes, eat your chickpea pasta, my friend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so what are some benefits of this lifestyle? So when like these changes are hard to make, like, it's a yeah. big lifestyle change for a lot of people, but I just want to kind of end with what people can expect when they start making these little changes, they put more fiber into their diet. Um, they start doing a little bit of self-care and the things we talked about today, like what can someone expect to start happening well, when we you, make these changes? You know, because you've experienced it and I see in your journey, you're successful and then you hit some struggles and then you're successful and then you hit some struggles. So you, you can expect that it's going to be hard because you're trying something new. You can expect that you're going to fail because that's how you learn and grow. So mm -hmm. you're never just going to be brilliantly successful the first time you try this. You're going to like struggle a little bit and fail, but it's what you do when you fail that makes all the difference. Do you give up or do you say, I can do this every every day that you show up and do a little bit more, you're getting closer and closer and closer, right? And I think that's how you live too, is like every little day, I'm going to do this and it's going to make a difference. And I'm just going to keep going and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to fail. Oh, I'm going to get back up. I'm going to get back up. And then you're going to have more energy. You're going to feel better about yourself. Your clothes are going to fit better. I never weigh myself. I go by how I feel. And that's what mm. I want all the women in the world to go by how they feel, not some number on a scale. Cause that has nothing to do with who you are as a human being and your value and your worth. Right. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I have a tendency to go either all in on health and get completely obsessed with the scale and the numbers and the, all that success or like effort button. I'm going to eat whatever I want and not even care, you know, avoid yeah. everything. So it's hard. The scale thing's hard for me because I kind of, on one hand, it's kind of like checking your bank balance and like being aware of where you're at, um, and yeah. you know, not avoiding it. But on the other hand, it can get really obsessive and, and doesn't really give you a good picture of what's going on anyway. Yeah. Break up with your scale. And here's why dump okay. it to the curb, like an old boyfriend. And here's why, because it, it doesn't, is not a marker of how you're actually doing. It's who decided that 135 pounds is, is when you should feel good about yourself. No, it's when you are feeling so good, you could put on anything in your closet. When you're feeling so good, you'll always go out. You won't stay at home and eat chips and watch Netflix on the couch. You know, you have so much energy. Your brain is clearer. Your skin is clearer. You have these creative ideas that are just flowing through you. Mm. Those are non-scale victories. And that's how you want to gauge whether you're successful or not. That just made me emotional. <laughs> yes, right. You know, just sit with that, <laughs> not yeah. try and think it. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Oh, I've loved this talk so much today. Thank you for sitting yeah. down with me, for reaching out to do this collaboration. Like it means so much to me. I absolutely love and adore what you're doing. I'm so glad we connected. Yes, I love you too. And I, I we have to talk more because we we have so much more to discuss. We gotta we gotta talk more often. Okay. Absolutely.
So can you share where people can find you, how you can support them, all, all of the wonderful things you're doing? Yes. Okay. So Instagram, Heather London Coaching, that's where I have all of my fun. I love going on Instagram. Um, and I have a website, heatherlondon.ca. So you can find out all about me on those two are my main platforms. What about you? How can people get a hold of you? Uh, so you can check out my website, soberbizco.com. I help sober entrepreneurs love and launch their brands. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at soberbizco and soberwifestyle. Um, I share a lot more of my personal journey of food addiction, everything on sober lifestyle and just what it's like living sober and trying to figure out this crazy world. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Yeah. Love and it's connect. so good. Everybody go yeah. and check that out. Cause I love your being a part of your journey. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk soon. <laughs> okay. Have a great day.